everybody. Welcome to episode 91 of the Masterclass. As always, I'm joined by my friend Dave, and my name is Cam. I did it backwards just for fun. Kind of switched it up a little there. It's probably, you know, not great grammar, but anyways, we are here. We are excited that you are here listening, and, uh, well, I think we've got an interesting one today. Hopefully. Yeah, I think so. Dave doesn't sound convinced. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's just in oh ooh. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> hey, why don't you uh tell us about that thing from Sunday? Tell us about that thing from Sunday. That thing called church. Yeah. Uh go to Heartland Community Church in Olathe. And Dan Deal is the senior pastor known Dan for quite a while, and uh, Dan had a really good sermon this past Sunday, and I guess I would just encourage anybody that has a desire to, to check it out, we'll link it to the, the show notes, but I think Dan did a really good job of just tackling uh, what's going on in our country right now. Uh, kind of came from the approach of regardless of which way you voted, if you really take a look at what's going on, it kind of seems like a mess and more of a mess than it's really been in recent memory. And to sum up, I think uh, this is, this is what really stood out to me was Dan had a, a slide that he put up that basically just said, uh, America is not the kingdom and the kingdom is not America. And just really hit home to me how uh, egocentric we can be uh, when it comes to Christianity and how we elevate uh, the role of America. Patriotism, baby. And all of that. And so uh, I think Dan uh, takes a look at it respectfully, uh, kind of begins by, I won't completely... um, one of the things I love about Dan is his heart, and so he kind of just kind of begins by sharing his own little moment of wanting to pick sides, to choose sides, and then kind of when he really thought about it, that's really not what Jesus would want us to do. And so basically he was going to choose, not allow somebody, or not even give somebody the opportunity to have his business based on their political leanings. And um, the other thing that is fun with Dan is uh, his wife, Elise, at the service that we sit in is usually fairly close to the front and basically made the comment that they had had this conversation related around uh, the politics of this business person that they were contemplating giving their business to and never actually came to a resolution and he kind of acknowledged it on Sunday morning of, yes, and we never had closure to this, even now as I'm standing up here talking. Uh, so, and just kind of referred to um, some of the things that he deals with as, as a pastor. And um, so anyway, well worth checking out. Uh, I think he does a fabulous job of navigating the... Uh, political atmosphere this these days and 
what really the implications are for us as Christians, and if we're trying to be about kingdom living, uh, it probably doesn't boil down to which political party you're a part of in terms of, uh, well, I think so often we're more concerned about being right than we are uh, with serving and loving others. And so, yeah, check that out. It'll be in the show notes, I think. It will. It's already in the show notes. (laughs) It's already in the show notes. You're so good, Cam. So on top of it. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> she, you got to set the bar low at home so she doesn't have. Now I sound like the worst husband ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just notorious for being told or saying I will do things and then totally forgetting. Like taking the trash out this week. Didn't happen. She was not pleased. Yeah, you should probably do that. But in my defense, I was in bed with the flu. But I could have done it the night before, and I was feeling fine, and I just forgot. <laughs> Moral of the story, kids. Listen to your wife. Yes. Do it. Speaking do, of that. Do it the first time. Speaking of listening to your wife and being mm-hmm. a good husband. That, that's almost a segue. Almost. We have a new show on Super <laughs> Megacorp, and it's called Dad College. It's not called Husband College, so the segue isn't necessarily mm. totally accurate. Yeah. Um, not all husbands are dads, and not all dads are husbands. This is true. Um, but we, Dave and I, and sometimes Nick, and sometimes many other people, have a new show called Dad College here on Super Megacorp. The first episode launched this week, and it is a show about being a dad at pretty much, hopefully, every stage of life possible. That's the goal. It's not about me being a dad. It's not about Dave being a dad. It's about what it actually means for people in life to be a dad, regardless of how old your kids are, whether, you know, your kids are 50 or your kids are like five days old. What else should we say about it? I don't want to belabor the point other than people should check it out. People should check it out. And yeah, I, I think it's for everybody. Dads, non-dads, future dads, wives, moms, children. <laughs> yeah, your kids can be like, um, Dad, you're not living up to what these guys in this podcast say you should be doing. You need to step up your game. Yeah. Yeah, and we're even going to put some practical, fun ideas that dads can do. So actually, it might be good for the kids to listen and go, hey, Dad, I came up with this awesome idea. You don't even have to give us credit. And I feel like if we add lasers to it, it could be awesome. So let's do it. <laughs> Sharks with lasers. Mm, yes. And that's from Austin Powers, which you can find on It's a Trap. <laughs> <laughs> Episode three? Yeah, it's <laughs> of our six. <laughs> hey, now. Don't be hating, Dave. Anyways, if you go to supermegacorp.net slash college, you can find all that. Or you can just search for it in the podcast app that you're listening to right now. We'd really appreciate it if you check it out. Absolutely. And share it on social media. Yes, tell all your friends. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, show notes for this episode, which will include a link to Dad College, as well as a link to the sermon from Heartland that Dave mentioned, um, can be found 
at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 91. Or if you're listening in a podcast app on your phone or tablet, you can just scroll on down. And there it is. Or if you're in the very new version of Overcast, you can swipe left and they'll show up. He changed oh, wow. He changed the navigation. <laughs> Marco, that guy. <laughs> Anyways, I think that brings us to the magical point in this show where we actually start talking about something Sounds with at good. least uh, direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're at Matthew 25, verse 31. And I believe this wraps up 25. Yeah, wrap up 25 Only three more chapters to go, Dave. Yeah, so two years later. Okay, so verse 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do to it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous in, into eternal life. All right. Yes. So, social justice. Hmm. Yeah. That's not a political topic. No, not at all. So, here's, <coughs> here's my initial thoughts. Mainly because we, we were talking political things before the show sure. and, and then the, um, the discussion on, um, or your, Introduction to Dan's sermon that you gave earlier this show is the concept in America that the American dream and Christianity go hand in hand if you're a conservative Republican, and that those two things are very, very intertwined, and your conservative beliefs and your Christianity tend, as Dan says in the sermon, to get funky or muddy. And he refers to a quote, I think, by Tony Campolo that says mm. it's like manure and ice cream getting mixed together. The manure's going to be fine. It's the ice cream that's going to have the issue, which I just think is hysterical and <laughs> gross and all that good stuff. Um, and so when I read this, I see Jesus rewarding the people that fed and clothed the poor, that visited and helped the sick and those that are in prison. 
clothe the naked, right? Th- those that took it upon themselves to improve the life situations of those less fortunate. Yes. And then saying to those that didn't do it, peace out, see you later, have a good time in hell. Yeah. And while I don't think this passage is a, this is the test, help out the poor and disenfranchised and you get into heaven and don't do it. Like this isn't a salvation by works, but this is a glimpse into what God holds to be important. Yes. And so back to my political thoughts as I read this is that if we're going to generalize, and again, I realize generalizing isn't always the best thing to do, but if we're going to talk Democrats versus Republicans in America, Democrats are far more interested in social justice than Republicans are. Agreed. But in America, it's also true that most Democrats are not Christians and most Republicans are. And you read a passage like this in the Bible, and all of a sudden, that doesn't make any freaking sense. Why are people that aren't Christians so involved in social justice and those that are, are not? And you will find Democrats that aren't inclined towards social justice, and you will find Republicans that are. I realize that those people exist. But when it is painted this clearly in Scripture, that taking care of and providing for people that have less, that are impoverished, that are sick, that are imprisoned, that don't have clothes, that are hungry, and Christians don't do that, I don't understand how those two things can coexist. Hopefully, hopefully that, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I talk and then I can stop and I realize I don't know where I was just for the last few minutes, but... Yeah, um, as I read this, and this goes, I think I've mentioned this previously, but as I, as we've done this podcast, I think the thing that has just been the reoccurring theme for me is just the amount of action that should be involved with our faith. And I think if we were to ask somebody, what does it mean to be a, a Christian? Well, I think in America, you get that we have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for your sins. It's all about believing the right thing, which, again, you go to James, you know, you believe in God, well, good, even the demons believe and shudder. So, to me, again, not salvation by works, salvation is purely by grace. But when it talks about the final judgment, it's not, okay, what do you believe? Good, you gave the right answer. What do you believe? Oh, you had the wrong answer. What do you believe? There is definitely this, what fruit, do it, what fruit is there of what you believed? And, I mean, there's, there's a, an infinite number of things that you could be doing here. Um, and it, there needs to be something tangible that you're doing, uh, that demonstrates what you believe. And so that to me is, is what, as I read this, uh, stood out for me. And I guess just to kind of echo on, on what you were talking about, I don't see anything that says, 
Um, you know, we hung out with people who were like us. We made sure that we were all safe. We <laughs> went to Tuesday morning Bible study. We like, yeah, we went to church every single Sunday and made sure the pastor saw us. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. You can certainly do these things with the wrong motives. Right. And and that was, and I don't, like my comment about why why would someone who is a Democrat or a liberal who doesn't believe in a God do these things? Like, well, there's this inherent idea that people matter. And for them to explain why people matter to them, I think is a bit of a trick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, where do people get value from? Yeah. Well, we're humans. Okay, we're just another animal. Just because we happen to rule the world. Like I th- there's there's issues with that point of view that, you know, I think are pretty obvious when there isn't a people get their value because God made them in his image. Mm-hmm. That is where Christians get the idea of human value. Yeah. Um but yeah, it, it, to your point, you can do those things because you want to look good and not because you want to help people or you want to provide a physical need to someone so that you can also provide a spiritual need by sharing the gospel with them. So, and I think even within the church, there is this desire to do these things to make your church look good or so you look good at church. Yes, and I I think that's that second piece too is that as we're doing these things, feeding the hungry, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, there needs to be what we talked about last week in terms of discipleship happening, disciple-making, and that's relational, life-on-life, and that if you are uh, someone who is in relationship with God, as you're doing these things, uh, it will should naturally lead to those kinds of conversations. It should naturally lead towards people seeing things in your life that reflect Christ. Um, so yeah, it's it, doing a, an act of service is not an end all be all, uh, and not what Christianity foundationally. Well, is that how I want to say that? Repeat, please. <laughs> um, we need, again, these actions should be an overflow of the heart. It should be because God did things for us, we will do things for others, and not about being seen. It's not about, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I, I think I have this mental tally mark of when I do things, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's some brownie points there. <laughs> Uh, so I don't, you know, I, I don't that one to the up. scrapbook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I think the other thing too, there's just that um, we need to get out of our comfort zones a little bit. Um, uh, what does it mean uh, for it to be hungry and you gave me food? Um, I, I definitely think food pantries. And giving, you know, taking a bag full of groceries and dropping them in a, in a tub has its place. But if there's not that relationship there, then again, it kind of come, becomes just this act that we are doing because it's what we're supposed to do. Uh, I think when it talks about 
feeding the hungry, uh, there needs to be an element of being out of your comfort zone, uh, whether that means inviting somebody into your home and feeding them, whether you know that means being a foster parent, whether that means uh, going to a shelter of some sort and feeding people. I, I think somewhere um, in these things, um, we need to be challenged uh, out of our comfort zone and not just simply doing what's always easy. So on the opposite side, mm-hmm. he says to those on his left, all of those goats, which in this instance does not stand for greatest of all time, apparently. <laughs> Uh, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you didn't do all the way down the list. You didn't feed me, you didn't clothe me, you didn't visit me when I was sick or in prison. You pretty much, you screwed the pooch on this one, guys. I really wish screwed the pooch is in the Bible, because I'd feel less weird saying it. (laughs) Second hesitations, right, Dave? Yes. Anyways... And they'll ask this question, and he says, uh, you did not do it to one of these people, so therefore you didn't do it to me. And you will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So we've come to the whole eternal punishment thing. And I'd like to pick your brain about hell for a little bit, Mm -hmm. since we prepared to talk about that today. (laughs) We didn't. Um, and there is, uh, I don't know if contingent is the right word or, um, school of thought out there that says that hell isn't real. In fact, Rob Bell got fired from his church for thoughts along those lines. And I'm sure many other things that, you know, we're not privy to, and I really don't care about. Um, but this whole idea that hell isn't real because God would never send people to hell because that's just mean and that's not what a loving God would do. Mm-hmm. And I realize I'm probably skimming over some details in that argument. Um, if so, let us know, and I would be glad to detail that viewpoint in further, um, in further detail. I'll detail it. That's <laughs> terrible English. But my point is there are people out there um, that think that hell isn't real. And I would like to know your thoughts on if it's real or not and why. Uh, I think hell is real. And I think hell is real because of verses like Matthew 25, 41 saying, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, so throughout scripture, it's it's very clear that there is this place called hell. Um, and there is this, um, in addition to God being a loving God, he is also a just God. And so um, you can't really have one, well, in our God, you don't have one without the other. You can't just say, well, I'm going to choose to serve a loving God and not this just God because that's not who he is and doesn't make that. um, And so say what you will uh, about hell. Um, 
all I know is that God is not there. And I just don't think we can even begin to comprehend what having God removed from our lives is really like and how awful that really is. And I, I, I say that's true for even anybody that's walking on this earth who is not uh, a believer or a follower. Um, God is still somewhat present uh, and is pursuing you and is giving you the option to come to him. Well, and even in just the beauty of yes, the physical creation. nature of the world. Yeah. yeah. Romans. What? 16? What? 19? <laughs> no, that's, that's a different thing. I'll look it up. I'll put it in the show notes, the Romans link. Sorry, I ruined uh, that. <laughs> Romans. I'm pretty sure even just Romans 1 I or think 2 I or 3. Th- pretty think, early on. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, you know, that is his creation is, is a witness to him and, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, very much believe that there is a hell, uh, and I believe that, um, because of what God tells us, uh, one of the things I don't completely understand is I don't understand, um, what the, um, our physical timeline is compared to God's eternal timeline and you know, where people like, you know, Matthew, there's verses talking about King David being dead and um, them kind of like, well, where is he? And, I don't know. you know, <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> but again, I, I, I think God's timetable is different than our timetable. And um, even if there is an element of we die and then we are awakened again at the second coming, uh, it'll be instantaneous for us, and it's we won't have a concept of having been asleep for however many years. So I wonder about that. I really do, because I feel like if Jesus is going to get crucified and be dead for three days, why do we assume that it's going to be instantaneous for us, too? Like, I don't know. I'm just curious about that, you know? Um, I think oftentimes, and I'm not, I'm going to say something. I'm not saying this to what you were saying. So. Correct me. Um, I think it's easy for us, especially those of us that grew up in, you know, middle class, upper middle class suburbia in America and, and, you know, all of the uh, comforts that that brings to assume that God would never do anything that would make us uncomfortable or hard. And so this whole idea of when we die, is there... We're in heaven instantaneously, or is there this, like, really awkward spot Catholics call purgatory. Um, well, that's referred to as Hades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Abraham's bosom, if you want to get really Old Testament on it. Which is where King David was. Exactly. And so I, I don't know. Like, that's one of the things that I'm, like, like really interested to find out, but not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'll figure that out, you know, in, I don't know, like 60 years. Which is yes. weird to put a number on it. That's kind of weird. But I just don't know if it's how that's all going to shake out. Yeah, it, I, honestly, I don't. Um, I can't totally defend why I have this position, but... Um, well, ha- sorry, go ahead. Well, well just that, that Hades was definitely this idea of um, waiting 
waiting for the resurrection. And Hades was a place where um, spirits, our souls went to until, and so, um, but that when uh, Jesus resurrected from the dead, he, it became a whole new ball game. And we're not necessarily waiting for the second coming, but it's the idea that Jesus defeated death, overcame death. And in that. So it's, it's, uh, if I can use some serious, like Christian college, Christian each, it's the, <laughs> the here, but not yet nature of the kingdom. <laughs> yes. Okay. Cause there's a certain point in revelation. And I don't remember it off the top of my head where, you know, like the four horsemen come and, mm-hmm. and then Jesus shows up and then there's the resurrection of the living and the dead. Right. Like, well, where are the dead ones coming from? They haven't been in heaven this whole time. They, they came from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. Revelation kind of scares me. Oh, definitely. And, and it's just like anything. Um, haven't spent a lot of time uh, researching this and coming uh, to a conclusion on it, but there are, again, people that are a lot smarter than I am that have studied this a lot more in depth that disagree with each other. <laughs> and so um, I guess I put my faith into the idea that there is a, a resurrection and uh, prayerfully get to participate in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm banking on there is one. That's, you know, because it, it comes down to this um there's a podcast by mark Marin, who's a comedian slash actor called wtf and he is very uh loose with the f-bomb on that show mm-hmm. so if that's going to offend you don't listen because no. he drops probably 20 to 30 an episode um but the thing i appreciate but appreciate about mark is that he is an open book. He doesn't hide behind any pretense. He doesn't play any games. He's just him. And he talks about his issues. He talks about his commitment issues. He talks about the drugs he used to do. He talks about all of his depression. Like he's very open about all of his stuff. And so I really appreciate that about him. And in an age of, you know, Instagram photos where everything has to be perfect. Mark's kind (laughs) of like, Hey, you know, blankers here's my life mm-hmm. uh, but he also interviews people that's the whole point of the show so he does an intro bit where he kind of talks about himself and what's his new shows or his new uh tour that's going on and then interviews people and one time he interviewed james corden who just hosted the grammys mm-hmm. who is the host of the late late show with james corden and uh is genuinely i think one of the funnier more talented people uh around because he's not and it's also helpful that he doesn't look like a Hollywood guy. He's a chubby British guy who also happens to be very, very talented. And so James grew up in some small town in England and his parents um, were big part of the Salvation Army Church over there. And so he grew up in that, you know, environment. Mm -hmm. And James is not a Christian. His parents still are. And so as he's explaining his background, to Mark, who's also not a Christian, but is not opposed to discussion about these sorts of things. James at one point stops and goes, no, 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 no. They're the good kind. (laughs) Which set off like two flags in my head. Awesome. His parents are real Christians. Holy crap. He has to, 
put a caveat on that. <laughs> so like that at the same time was really like awesome and really depressing at the same time. Yes. And so he mentions this discussion that he has with his dad on and off. And he asks his dad, what if it's all just bull crap? What if it's just some really, really well-told story, but it's fiction? And his dad's response is, you know what? That's okay, because when I die, I'm gone. And I've chosen to live a life according to a set of morals and ethics that I believe are worth living towards. Will I be disappointed? No, because I'll be dead. (laughs) But I've lived the type of life that I wanted to live. And I won't have time to be angry, because I'll be dead. And then, and then James goes, and then he does this. But what if it's right, James? What does that mean for you? And then James is like, and that's when you start to think, oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so that's when it, you know, we, we talk about this sort of stuff. I think of, you know, there's, we're never going to argue somebody into being a Christian. That has to be a move of the Holy Spirit to convict that convict that person to the point where they go yes or no um but there i think there's something to that story of just considering what if it is true Mm -hmm. because there's more on the hook if it is true than if it isn't yep because if it if i didn't believe it was true i'd be living a totally different life 100% 100% completely, totally different life. Yes. And that's just something that we have to consider. And everyone gets to make that choice. That's, that's the beauty and the, uh, the sadness of this whole thing is that everyone gets to choose. And people are going to choose correctly and people are going to choose incorrectly. Or we're all just going to live life and we're all just going to die. And we're not going to be around to talk about it. Mm. No. But if it's true then this sort of passage should be a, uh, a beacon in the dark of how we should be living our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So I was looking at Revelation 20. Okay. And, uh, well, just, and again, this is kind of even just for, uh, for me, a couple of different things. And it, Revelation twenty twelve says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books. And again, this is another thing that stands out to me because I don't think it's how things are said in the church. According to what they had done. Not according to what they believed. Not according to which church they attended. But according to what they had done. Uh, so listeners, if you don't agree with me, you don't agree with me, but I, boy, I tell you, I'm becoming more and more convicted about this. There better be some action to match what I say. I believe, uh, and the sea gave up the dead and who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them and they were judged each one of them according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, Again, just confirms to me that hell is a very real place. Uh, I think God intends for us to understand 
that there is eternal judgment. Again, back to what Cam said, um, if that is really true, and that's what you believe as a Christian, there should be a real change in the way you do things. Uh, I'm not talking about being an annoying know-it-all. and Being oversaved. Bible thumper <laughs> telling people that they're going to hell. But if you believe somebody is going to hell, and you love that person, hmm. Have those tough conversations. Have tough conversations. That's honestly... Pray the, for them. The biggest, the biggest regret I have with my grandpa was not having those conversations. Mm-hmm. I put it off, and then... Now you can't. Now I can't. And I don't know where he is. And it's really not because up to you. Right. But you would rather be sitting here now going, I had those hard conversations. And even if he was like, ah, shut up, let's just watch golf. Like, at least I tried. I was too chicken to do it. And he was my grandpa. You know? Um, I'm still convinced that it's harder with people you know than it is with strangers. But that may just be my, how I'm wired. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, so... It, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think that sound means we're <laughs> at the end of this episode. <laughs> Unless there's anything else that you wanted to share. I you know, the 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 only thing I, I guess I'd really want to share is is uh we read scriptures, we kinda talk about them and we hash them out. Don't claim to be theologians, don't claim to give you the answers. I think we're really uh, just hoping to stimulate thought, challenge things that, you know, I just kind of accept as, oh, this is what I believe, or um, ultimately, I guess I just encourage everybody to genuinely spend some time reading Scripture, praying, and seeking God, getting desiring to know Him and to draw closer to Him, uh, because ultimately, Um, that's where this ability to serve others comes from. Uh, And, uh, you know, we can have these intellectual discussions and, um, you know, even kind of, you know, laugh and joke and uh, when it comes to things of an eternal nature. uh, But ultimately, your conviction, your... Uh, motivation should come from that personal relationship that happens by uh, seeking him. And so um, do it. (laughs) Indeed. See you next time. Bye.